Welcome to Small Business Celebration, where we're continuing our series on businesses that are getting the move on. And our guest this week, well, she can help your business grow by having the initiative it needs to succeed. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, <laughs> and we're here today with Sue Watson, the owner of Business Initiatives. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you so much. And for visioners who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? I'm Sue Watson. I am a business coach and consultant specializing in strategy or strategic planning and leadership development. It's a new year. It's a new year full of opportunities. And first of all, Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. With that, it is a new opportunity for a new year. And what are some of the things that business owners need to know going into this new year other than they should have started planning last year That's for right. this year? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Let me tell you what I did my last week of 2021. Okay. I spent some time getting complete on 2021. What does complete mean? Yeah, it means acknowledging what I did right, mm -hmm. looking to see if I had anything that I needed to say to anybody that would complete a conversation, mm. looking to see where I was at with my clients and, uh, you know, process really for just making sure that I'd done what I said I was going to do. If there were any disappointments, deal with them. Mm. If there was anything to acknowledge, deal with that. I ended up there with a list of people that I needed to say thank you to, sure. honestly. Right. But I do feel that getting complete with one year then creates a blank slate for moving mm. forward. So when I was able to get complete with 2021, then I was able to pretty quickly determine what I wanted from 2022. This is very important on a myriad of things because some people call it grace, some people call it forgiveness, but being able to close the last year emotionally is very important. Absolutely. We know this is, this is important for us on a personal level, but why is this so important on a business level? Well, because we're people in business, right? So right. if it's important and personal, it's important from a business perspective too. But the brain works really. The, the, the idea of having a brain right. is for survival. Sure. Okay. So, and the way that the brain survives is by predicting and living into a future that's based on prediction. Uh. So if you consider that as accurate statement, right. then all we've got to predict the future from is the past. So if we keep dragging the, the past around with us, right. then it actually gets in the way of creating something newly. You've gone through and you've buttoned up. You, yeah. You've made peace with last year, yeah. as it were. What are you doing now or what did you plan for at the end of December for the new coming year? Well, it starts with looking a little bit further ahead than that, Michael. Okay. So for me, I like to always look out with my clients. I like to look out five years or three years. Okay. And then work backwards from that 
five year, three year. Oftentimes what happens is people start dealing in business with their issues, with their problems. Right. We definitely want a list of problems to solve, but we don't want that to be the basis for our work in the next year. So you're looking at what you want to accomplish, just not the impediments and the problems to get there. If you and we're looking from the future back. Okay. If you look from if you look from now to the future, mm -hmm. then we tend to see what obstacles are in the way. Ah. But when we look from the future back, we tend to be in an inquiry. Mm. How do I make that happen? And it also, I would surmise, helps when you do have an obstacle, since you know where you're going, you know how to go over, around, through, or whatever you need to do to. to get through that obstacle. It's not really an obstacle, it's just stuff to deal with. <laughs> sure. That's all there is, it's just what's to deal with. You have a program in which you're helping your clients do just that. What is that program? I have a number of programs. Okay. But one of my um, strategic programs is called Velocity. Okay. And I like to help businesses. One of my strengths, I think, is helping businesses get where they want to go mm. faster. Okay. So again, we start with that five-year goal in line. And then we ask the question, if you want to be there in five years, then where do we need to be at three? And if we want to be there at three years, then where do we need to be at one? Right. And when we, if we want to be there at one year, what do we have to do in the next 90 days? Right. And then actually we back that right down to 30 days. Okay. I have a leadership program. I think that might be what you're referring to. I have a leadership program coming up that starts in February. Okay. And it's a co very comprehensive six-day program. Okay. So you've got to give it some time and effort and energy. And one of the definitions of leadership that I use and keep referring back to right. is that leaders, distinct from managers, leaders make things happen that would not happen without them. Ah, okay. okay. So, so that course, that program, allows people to get present to life as a possibility, mm. business as a possibility, relationships as a possibility, not mired in what's past, okay. but mired in who do I need to be and what do I need to do right. to get that result. Okay. I'll give you an example. I had one client came in and he was a little bit, his boss had asked him to do the program. Right. And he didn't really want to do it. And everybody says that they don't have time to do it, sure, right? Six sure, days sure, is a, right. Long, right. a long program. And he said, um, so Sue, let me get this straight. You want me to create a result that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, basically that's it. <laughs> I said, okay, got it, got it, I've got it. So I didn't ask him what it was and he came in. But shortly after the program, he sent me an email, a, a, a picture of four, he, his project was to reunite his four siblings. Oh. So it doesn't matter whether it's a work or a personal project. Right. What matters is that you're building a muscle of making mm. things happen right. that were not going to happen without you. And he sent me a picture of the four of them having lunch together. So I got on the phone and I asked him, how, you know, how long is it since you've all been together like that? And he said, 18 years. Oh. And he did wow. that in less than two months in the, in the program. So he reunited a family that had been estranged for 18 years in six, seven weeks. How did that affect his business? Yeah, that's great. Because after that, he realized that he could do anything because he didn't expect to get that result. 
So by building that muscle, he now recognizes that if he's clear on the future that he wants to create, he can do anything. So the more impossible the project in the leadership program, the better for me. <laughs> yeah. This comes from, you've been doing this for how many years? Oh, too many. <laughs> <laughs> too many. I look younger than I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what we can do in editing. <clears throat> right. <laughs> yeah. But this stems a lot from your personal background and your personal history. And Visioneers, for those of you who've been following us for a long time, you know that I give questions ahead of time. And a lot of it is, is to get ideas of things to talk about here on Small Business Celebration with our guests. And one of the questions I asked was, what was one of the first things you sold? And the reason I asked this is because in a minute here, you're gonna find out this is where I believe the root of this program she's talking about comes from. What was the very first thing you sold? My answer to that question would have to be myself. I grew up, <laughs> I, I grew up in, in England. We didn't have Girl Scout cookies to right. sell. And we didn't have lemonade stands. I'm sure I'd have been really good at both of those things. <laughs> I'm sure. But I didn't. So, so what I did to make money when I was a kid was deliver newspapers. And back in the UK, we did that in the wind and rain and snow with a big old bag of newspapers. We, sure. didn't, we didn't have the van and toss them out the window. Right, idea. right. That, that's a California thing. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> so, so I delivered newspapers and I helped the milkman with his milk rounds. So basically anything legal for cash. Sure. I didn't have a lot of, we didn't have any money when I was growing up. So, right. so I did what I needed to do. Right. Yeah, and I, I think my... My goal always is to add value. Right. So when I see an opportunity to add value, then I'll, I'll try and jump in. Is the want to add value, is that the fundamental basis of this program that you're, starting, that you're launching in February? Let me go to results again. So we've been doing this program on Zoom for the last two years, my right. partner and myself, right. and we ask two questions, it, it, polling is really easy on, on Zoom, right. and we ask two questions. Will this change the way you lead? And will this change the way you live? And we've had one person out of about 150 that has, has said no to one of those questions, and 100% have said yes to the lead question, and one person out of 120 said no. And I think that the reason that they said no was because they were al already somewhat living that way. Right. So we have many people in those programs that tell us that it's changed their life. This sounds like it's a program that would only work for big companies like Duke Energy and Kaiser. No, there's definitely some of my clients. Those two are my clients, as you know. But no, it, it, you would love it. You would love the program. Well, any any business person that wants to improve themselves should do this program. Not not just improve themselves, but improve their effectiveness in life. If visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Have them give me a call. Call me at 661-301-7162 or email me, and that's an easy one, sue at businessinitiatives.com. Social media? Yeah, you can find me pretty readily on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn too, but I don't look quite as um, often at my LinkedIn profile. I sure. think we should. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, 
and notify and leave a comment. One of the reasons we're talking with Sue is because of a visionary question that came from a visionary just like you. And when we come back, well, I've got a visionary question here from Tyler that's actually been fairly popular these last couple months. When we come right back. Hi, I'm John Busby with Team Busby. And over the years, many people have asked me, what price ranges do you sell? As you can see at Team Busby, we sell all price ranges, 80,000 to 2 million. It's a seller's market. If you're thinking remotely of selling your home, now's the time to sell it. There's buyers that are on the fence, some of them not even thinking about selling. When I show them the values of today's market, they say, oh my gosh, I should put on the market now. When you call my team, Team Busby, you get a voice, not a voicemail. 410-SELL, 410-7355. I'm here with Sue Watson, the owner of Business Initiatives, and our visionary question comes from Tyler who asks, I'm in year four of my second business and I'm having a hard time being comfortable talking about that failure. How have you become comfortable talking about a major failure you've had? I don't mind talking about my failures what? because I've removed the significance from them. Uh, right? It, it's a, well, wait a minute. Because sometimes a failure is significant. It is significant, yeah. But we have to add the significance to what we're creating and have that be more significant than what we've left behind, basically, in a Got nutshell, it. which sounds easy, but it's not all that easy. Right. The, the problem is, if we're using that energy to worry about something, we can't change the past. There's nothing we can do to change the past. So one of the things that gives me peace now as a... Um, Wise and I was going to say older, but I hate that. <laughs> well, one of the things that brings me peace is knowing that I'm not perfect and nobody else is perfect either. Mm. And actually, if you don't stretch yourself to accomplish big things, you're never going to fail. So be okay with that. Right. As soon as you start stretching yourself to accomplish big things, you're going to have failures. And the quicker you can get over them and focus on what's coming, what mm. you're creating the better your life is in the present. But the, the other thing is, you know, at some point I would encourage Tyler to stop talking about, the, stop worrying about it. Mm. It's gone. Nothing he can do to change that. It's gone. One of the challenges that some business owners have is they, they have this notion that they have to appear perfect and, and upstanding yeah. and, and, and everything is, is wine and yeah. roses. And when somebody else brings up, yes, but you had this other business that crashed and burned and was an absolute disaster. Yeah. How do you yeah, encourage good. the business owner to, to, to acknowledge that and be comfortable with it and get to a point yeah. where they, they feel they can talk about that? Yeah, there's a difference between perfection and morality and okay. integrity. Okay. So if Tyler burnt bridges, right. which we're not going to assume that he did, but if there were bridges burnt, he might have to go back and clean that up. Like what you said in the first segment that you spent the last year doing was going through and, and getting saying thank yous and rebuilding those yeah. those, those things. In the yeah, past. and that might also involve saying sorry, mm -hmm. or it might also involve saying, Michael, I did this thing and it impacted you. How can I make that right? Right. 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 So, so, but when I've done everything that I can do to make that right, mm -hmm. then it's time to move on. And by the way, if I say, Michael, I'm sorry, and you say, no, you're not, there's not much that I can do about that. You can give the olive branch, but you can't expect them to take it. That's right. That's right. So at some point, you have to say, though, I am complete with the past, and I'm focusing my energy and attention on the success that I'm about to create here. 
This sounds like this comes from a background of stumbling through nothing to get something and be, being at peace from where you came. Yeah, well, I grew up in a... My mom and dad got divorced when I was nine. Mm -hmm. I left with my mom and an older brother and sister. I was the baby of the family. I was nine. My brother was six years older than me. My sister is nine years older than me. And um, we didn't have very much. We, we didn't have very much at all. In fact, my mom, we rented a television. I don't even know if you can do that <laughs> okay, anymore. Okay, sure, right. <laughs> and the television had a slot machine in the back and you put a 10 pence piece in the back and you turned the slot machine. The and TV you, wouldn't turn on if you, if you didn't? If, if it wasn't full, if there wasn't some money in it, then the TV <laughs> wouldn't turn on. <laughs> okay. And then the guy used to come once a month and collect the 10 pence pieces from the back of the slot. I mean, how poor do you need to be? To rent right? a TV, yeah. sure. Yeah, and we had, um, my mom, my my, you know, clearly my dad wasn't really in the picture too much either. Right. So my mom went to like a Salvation Army place and she right. bought two rolled up carpets second hand. One she rolled out on the floor and the other one was rolled against the, the wall. And that's what we sat on for a year or so until my oh, mom yeah. could afford a couch. So we, we grew up poor, hence the paper round and the mill crown because, you know, I, I wanted some, some I, I didn't want to live like that right. forever. Right. So, but I think I reached about the age of 21 and I blame my dad for everything that could possibly have been wrong in my life. Right. And I think at the tender age of 21, I realized this is my life. It's my future. And what I make of my future is up to me. And it doesn't have anything to do with what I left behind. Yeah. And I'm completely at peace with my dad now, by the way. He's dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's he's dead, but I don't I don't actually have any ill feeling toward anybody anymore, and that's that's kind of nice because I've learned to let people be, and and put the past in the past. That's all we can do. Right. It sounds like you have learned to grow into being a strong woman. And that's become one of your superpowers. I came from strong stock. You know, my mom may have been poor, but she was always pretty strong-willed and determined and a little bit of a martyr, which I'm not. But uh, yeah, I came from strong stock. But again, I think really what it, what it boils down to is, and I really think this is good advice for any business, you've got to know what you want. And I think the biggest challenge in life sometimes is knowing what you want. If you know what you want, you can find a way to get it, to have it, to do it, what, whatever that looks like. Including yeah. breaking into the coin bank in the back of the Oh TV. yeah, I used to steal, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I used to, I used to steal, ten, I think a, a 10 packet of cigarettes back then was like, 12 and a half pence or something, so I could steal 10 pence. <laughs> yeah. But I imagine your mom was like, why isn't the TV working? It's no, full. There was always enough to <laughs> there was always enough to keep keep the TV going. But this this attitude, this growth, this this moving on, this the strength to keep moving forward led you out of the UK and took you to, to South Africa. Yeah. And what, what, well, first of all, why did you go to South Africa? I'm a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. I love traveling. Right. I 
started off in life as a civil engineer, so I'm pretty analytical and, to be honest with you, didn't have very good people skills. Mm. Back. How, how did you develop your people skills? Um, necessity. Okay. Necessity. I realized that, you know, I'd be one of those people that if you, we can't do it these days because of COVID, right? right? But if you go to give somebody a hug or something like that, right. I'd be, they'd get the back of my ear or the back of my head <laughs> or the top, help, you know, like, sure, sure. Oh, you're in my space. Um, so, so I had to overcome, I guess. So I made a point of consciously developing my people skills and my ability to talk to people. Mm. And I am by nature an introvert, but I have a lot of extroverted habits now, I think. So I, I think that, again, if you know what you want, you can create yourself as well. And it's, and it's authentic because it's what you want. You know, I think... Um, I think it's important to be well regarded by people and some of our foibles and some of our idiosyncrasies would prevent that from being, being a reality. Yeah. And we'll be right back. The reason we're here talking with Sue Watson, the owner of Business Initiatives, is because we received a question from a visioneer just like you. They reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and wanted to know how do I start the new year, and also how do I come to grips with a difficult employee. So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Sue Watson, the owner of Business Initiatives, and our visionary question comes from Jerry who asks, I employ a general manager that has steadily become more difficult to work with and it's affecting employee morale and performance. I'm having a hard time coming to grips with letting this person go because he brings in a significant amount of revenue to our business. What do you suggest I consider doing? Yeah, that's a great question, Jerry. <laughs> I, I think that what my recommendation would be, Jerry, is give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, by the way, since we're, what's your phone number? 661-301-7162. But no, seriously, I think that part of the strategic planning process should always be, in, in actual fact, one of the very first parts of a strategic planning process should always be getting a grip on the core values that you live by in your organization, yeah. right? And um, one of my core, and core values that are relevant to running a business, positivity, being positive in your business is almost a necessity. If you've got poor morale because of one human being, you've got poor customer services, your customer service is gonna be impacted by that poor morale. Your retention of good employees is gonna be impacted by that poor morale. Right. And your results and revenue, and even profit, are gonna be impacted by that poor morale. So he says, and I understand, you know, this is a very common problem, Jerry. <laughs> it really is a, it's a, a, really a very common problem, is that somebody who thinks that they're above the letter of the law because of their ability to attract clients or attract revenue, bring revenue into the company. But, but if you're clear that we're not only reading core values on the wall, but we're going to live them and embrace them in our business, then that's a good starting point. So if I came into your business right now, what I would do 
is help you get very clear on what your core values are and then help you share that with every employee, including the general manager. And then I would be allowing the general manager an opportunity to, to live into those core values. Okay. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, I just don't tolerate bad behavior very well. Right. You know, my own or anybody else's. And I think that if Jerry is able to help the general manager come to terms with the direction that we're going in, I don't think he'll have to let him go, honestly. Most people start to comply when they realize you're serious about how you want to run your business. If I had to let him go, Michael, I would let him go. Even, if I, even in this climate where it's so hard to get employees? I, if I had to let him go, I would let him go because I don't think that bad behavior should be tolerated. Yeah, but again, I'm going to give him three strikes before I let him go. And he's going to know that, that there's an expectation. And I don't do that with a stick, honestly. My belief is that that general manager will have a better life when his bad behavior is brought into check. Right. I, I don't think anybody gets up in the morning and says, how can I ruin somebody's day today? I think we fall into habits, bad habits. And I think that sometimes I know, and I'm sure you're the same, Michael, if I develop a bad habit, I actually want somebody around me to say, that's not okay. That's not acceptable. Yeah, I, I want that. One of the things you enjoy doing yeah. is nature. Yeah, I do. Travel. Yeah. Your lifetime of experience is taking you to how many countries and continents? Oh, gosh, I, I, you put me on the spot so I wouldn't be able to say. I lived, <laughs> I lived in, uh, in South Africa for a number of years, and I loved that because, you know, we're right there in the middle of big game right. and the bird life. But uh, even here, you know, I, uh, I love bird watching. I love watching squirrels, bunny rabbits, anything. We're recording this here at Stockdale Country Club, and you remarked before we were recording about Kit Fox. Yeah. That you, that you saw. Yeah, I, I really love the environment here, and you know, thank you Stockdale Country Club for allowing me to, <laughs> to use their facilities this morning. But I just love looking out at the trees, and the wildlife and the birds and yeah, Kip Fox right here under the window one time, yeah. How has this appreciation for wildlife and nature affected your business? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think that I'm able to see, I look out, I see things that other people don't see. Like what? Oh, well, in nature, if I look out of the window, I might see a hawk that you don't immediately see. I think I've got a good ability to to see what's going on in any situation. In business, yesterday, for example, I had a conversation with a client, and after I'd put the phone down, I thought, you know, he's, he's not in a good space. I picked up something just in the way that he was speaking to me. Mm -hmm. So I got back to him and said, hey, what's going on really? Mm. You know, what's going on under the, that I'm not, that you haven't told me about yet? Right. And then he shared with me a, a kind of sad story. You know, we've all got sad stories at the moment and that was affecting him and I was able to help him through that. Um, in business, I can pretty quickly pinpoint where the constraints are that are holding businesses back from growth. Mm. So I think, uh, yeah, my ability to 
take a global view and then pick out what's going on is, is useful to me. I think that came from my childhood too, by the way. Oh yeah, how so? Yeah. Well, my dad was aggressive, okay. you know, and, and um, <laughs> nobody's going to want to do business with me after this. <laughs> but my, my dad was, um, was quite aggressive and I think I learned to notice what was going on with him mm. as to whether I needed to get out of the way or not. So I think that that ability to, to notice what was going on was a good thing. One of the things that successful business owners know is yeah. that education never stops. You may graduate high school, but education never stops. That's right. What has been a book that has influenced your business and your career? A number of books. One book that I reread fairly frequently is the book Traction by Gino Wickman. Okay. And that's a really good basic strategic planning model that fits in quite nicely with my own. How's that? Brat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that he likes to also focus on the future. Mm. I think that he his, uh, his philosophy about knowing where you want to go, I think every business owner should know where they want to go. Mm -hmm. And his ability to he, he's got a people analyzer in there for every person in your business that's a really effective way to determine whether your employees are living the core values and whether your employees have got what it takes to do their job really well. So it's a good coaching model. It's a good place to start from a coaching perspective. He's got some real good tips in that book. You've written a book too. I have, yeah. My book's called Winner. It's available on Amazon. It's an interesting book, actually. I watched a program on the Discovery Channel on uh, a guy whose name's Lance Mackey mm -hmm. that was an Iditarod winner. Okay. You know what the Iditarod oh, was? Oh, sure. Like, so it, yeah. I love the dogs. Yeah. It's a very, very long right. um, dog sled race right. in uh, Alaska. And I went to Alaska and met Lance and I interviewed him because I thought that some of the ways that he managed his dog team was very relevant and paralleled with some of the ways that we should run our business. Right. So, so it's about Lance Mackey and it's about business and it's interspersed with business stories and dog stories and a little bit different, but not a bestseller, but, uh, <laughs> but a good got some useful tips. <laughs> yeah. Sure. What? makes you wake up and open your business? Yeah, that's a good question too. My mission in life, I say, what, what I would like, Michael, is I would like every human being to live a life they love. Mm. I really would. And I'm really dedicated to that. And oftentimes, you know, business is lonely in business. Mm. So if I can help take some of the stress and strain out of people's businesses, and that, that's my forum, if you like, that's my platform for 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 the for helping people make live the life they love is is business if visioneers want to get in touch with you yeah how do they do that my telephone number is 661-301-7162 my email address is sue at businessinitiatives.com and you're available on Facebook. Yeah, and Facebook's probably an easy place to find me, yeah. LinkedIn, but don't expect a quick response. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, Sue, thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And I'll be right back with my final thought. Hi, I'm John Busby with Team Busby. And over the years, many people have asked me, what price ranges do you sell? As you can see at Team Busby, we sell all price ranges, 80,000 to 2 million. It's a seller's market. If you're thinking remotely of selling your home, now's the time to sell it. There's buyers that are on the fence, some of them not even thinking about selling. When I show them the values of today's market, they say, oh my gosh, I should put it on the market now. When you call my team, Team Busby, you get a voice, not a voicemail. 410-SELL, 410-7355. The no that created a thank you. My father grew up in the insurance business and later he became a high school business teacher. And he taught all kinds of things like accounting, business one, two, three, keyboarding, business English and the like. But one of the things he also taught was sales. And one of the key mantras, one of the key philosophies he had about sales was that no is a temporary answer. Now this philosophy used to drive administrators nuts because he became relentless. Why? Well, funding for high school is very, very important because funding is how you get all the tinker toys and all the necessary items that students need to have a first-rate quality education. And he was relentless, so much so that the high school he taught at had the very first computer lab in California. California in a high school. Not only that, but his high school also had one of the very first classrooms that was fully computerized. All because no is a temporary answer. Now this didn't go unnoticed by his students. In fact, for years and years and years after, he would get stopped and thanked by former students for the education he helped them achieve and learn. And then the day came when my father retired and he had to clean out his desk and clean out the filing cabinets and throw away all the useless knickknacks over the last 30 plus years of his teaching when he came across a thank you card. And the thank you card simply said, thank you Mr. Roberts for teaching us that no is a temporary answer. Of all the things he threw away, that card he kept. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Sue Watson. I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.